welcome to another episode of the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. Today I'd like to talk to you about IDP leagues, uh, individual player, defensive player leagues. Um, I'd like to talk to you about why I think you should be playing in them. As Also, I'd like to talk to you about ways I think that you can gain a, a real edge over your opponents uh, just by implementing a few strategies and, and kind of taking a different approach um, to building your team uh, when you're doing individual defensive player leagues. So first of all, I'd like to give you my pitch um, as to why I think you should play in IDP leagues. Um, part of me just want, you know, thinks that when you're playing in dynasty leagues and you're playing this, you, know, you get to, to this level of this depth of, of really pretending essentially what we do is pretend that we're, we're a GM and we're building a team. It makes no sense to me why you would go to that level and then only do the offensive side of the game. I think it really kind of takes away some of the, the real joy of the game because now you've, you've just broken the game down into only offens offensive statistics make up the whole approach to the game when you're watching the game. I, I think some of the greatest experiences I've had playing IDP is watching one of my defensive players run in a, an interception or something for a touchdown that, that really affects the game. And, and it's, it's, it's exciting to watch, you know, to be able to have defense affect the game as well. So. My, part of my pitch is just saying, look, you know, it's you, if let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast, which is probably the most obscure podcast on the, on the entire internet, then you have already done enough work and are already doing enough work and putting in enough time to to do excellent and and really excel at IDP. So my other my other pitch is to say I really think that that playing in IDP leagues actually gives you an advantage. You know, most of the time I talk to people who who play fantasy and they don't want to play IDP. And the reasoning is usually that they think that it's it's too difficult, or that they're going to be at a disadvantage because other people probably know more about defensive players than they do. But I think the reality is, and I talked about this in the last podcast, is that really nobody, not even the experts, can really predict defensive statistics. You know, aside from those top few guys at, at the different positions, mostly these guys are really based on on schemes. And, and different situations and things like that that switch out a lot and and there's just really a lot of unpredictability at the defensive on the defensive side so don't really worry about not feeling like you know a lot about defense i think it's much more about understanding having you know having a little bit of a work ethic during the season to kind of follow trends and follow different players and also having a plan understanding that the values of, of these players and, and where you can kind of get value and where you can get extra players that, that fit what you need to do and also where you can uh, kind of skimp and you don't have to put as much energy. Okay, so the first and the very most important thing I think to remember when, when you're looking at IDP leagues, and uh, I think this is something that uh, when you approach just about any aspect of IDP, I think you need to keep this in mind because I think it is something that is really overlooked and it makes such a big difference in a lot of ways, and it should really affect your draft approach. And that is the number of usable players for offense and the number of usable players for defense. It, it, there's a vast difference. So when you're talking about offensive players, you're talking about five to seven usable players. And you say, well, why five to seven usable players? Well, you have five offensive linemen on the offense. So you have five players that are not used in fantasy football for anything. So you have at best six players on the field at one time that are usable as offensive fantasy contributors. 
maybe you bring in another guy who's a, a fourth wide receiver. You have, and so you have some guys who have some leeway. So I say you have between five and seven usable players from every team that, when it comes down to it, for, for scoring purposes on offense. Now on defense, you don't have that, that same penalty as far as the five offensive linemen that are being used for nothing. You have all of the defensive players are usable players. And granted, defensive tackles are not very valuable or not extremely useful, but in most leagues, they have a use. They are playable players, and oftentimes you have to start one or two. So therefore, they are an actual, you know, they're a player. And so they, you have usable players for positions like that. So when you look at defense, you have between 11 and 13 usable players, is what I would say for every team, because you have 11 starters, plus you have slot-type corners. I mean, uh, yeah, you have guys who are pass rush specialists. You have, you know, there's different players who come in and, and make an impact. So I say you have up to 13, maybe even more. So when you do the math, when you have 32 teams in the league and offense, you have five to seven usable players. That's between 160 and 224 usable offensive players. And if you're starting the same number of offensive players, which is oftentimes 11, and you're starting the same number of defensive players, which is oftentimes 11, usually you add a kicker into the offense so you you know you get down by one on offense there's an advantage because now we look at the defensive numbers where you have 11 to 13 usable players that's between 352 to 416 players so at a minimum you have an advantage of about 130 extra players and in more like 200 200 up to 250 more players available to you to use on the defensive side of the ball than you do on the offensive side of the ball. So how can we use this to our advantage is the question, I guess. And I think it's pretty obvious, which is when you're drafting and when people are trying to build their teams and they have to fill out 11 offensive players and 11 defensive players and backups for both of those you know, offensive and defensive sides of the ball, you're going to find that people, even though they will favor the offensive side and it will get more of their attention, especially early in the, in the early rounds, but what you'll see is it doesn't favor it enough. There's just people will eventually start drafting defensive players and put a lot of attention on those defensive players. And you'll find that my theory is if you're one of the last people to fill out your defensive squad, you can almost not go wrong. Because giving your attention to offensive players early in a draft um, really, really is going to benefit you in the long run because you'll be able to fill in those defensive players with a lot more talented players than guys who go defense early will be able to fill in their offensive players. And I think where a lot of times people who are building their team, most people feel insecure about their knowledge of defense. So they usually like to go after guys they know, names they know, and that's either the big-name guys who do score a lot of points, but they cost the most. You have to get them at the high positions. Or that's the other big-name guys who are not always necessarily productive fantasy players. So what do I mean by that? Well, especially when you get into the secondary, when you're talking about players in, in the defensive backfield, there is a lot that you can gain in value by steering away from big-name players. Guys like Patrick Peterson, guys, there's so many big-name players that when it comes to fantasy production, they actually get the opposite because people don't throw the ball to them. People don't attack them. So 
let everybody draft Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman of the old days or any of these guys who are big-name defensive backs who are really talented players but don't necessarily... Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he is a playmaker. He might be the exception where he makes enough plays to balance that out. But most cases, the guy really would have to make so many more plays because the, the offense isn't going to favor him. The guy you want, the guy that you want to draft is not even going to be drafted because the guy you want is either the rookie who the defense is going to try to pick on or the guy who plays opposite of that stud because they're going to try to go to him. And that defensive backs, not only is he going to get passes defended, he's going to get tackles, he's going to get a lot of attention. And the worse he is, the better it is for your fantasy team because defenses or offenses will attack that guy and they will keep going after him. And until that coach is willing to bench your player... He's a superstar for you. I, I mean, it's really funny, but I've seen multiple times where I found defensive backs that are the weak link on their defense, and yet they're my most valuable player. And the moment they get benched, it's just like, oh, this is terrible. So, you know, the perspective where you think, oh, good players make good fantasy players. Well, in offense, that's true, but in defense, it's not always true. You, you want to look for those guys who make production, and production can come in a lot of different ways. Bad defenses sometimes are on the field a lot. They get a lot of production. Uh, you know, guys who play safety on a team that's not very good may have to make a lot more tackles than a guy who plays safety on a team that you know is a lot better. And guys on the defensive line and linebacker are making those tackles. So this is where don't put a lot of energy, don't put a lot of draft capital in getting these guys yet. Let other people do that, and that in itself, if you follow that rule and you stick to that, it will pay so many dividends that you will have an advantage. Be one of those last guys to fill out your defensive roster. Trust me, there are so many ways to make your defense and make it successful and still have an awesome defense by put, without putting hardly any effort into it. Another important thing I think to look at when you're looking at the defensive players is positional values. Just like on the offense, there, there are certain positions that are more valuable or more scarce, um, harder to fill in than other positions, and therefore you kind of have to value those a little bit more. So on the defense, my general rule, and, and again, when you're playing dynasty, I mean, IDP leagues, it really does matter the scoring. So look at your scoring. I may not be able to give you exact advice uh, based on your scoring, but in a general rule, most cases that I see, this is how it works. And this is based on league scarcity and also just from a general scoring sense that I see because tackles are usually pretty prominent. And if not tackles, then sacks. And usually they kind of combine the two to give you some kind of balance. So what I see is that you should kind of put them in this order. If you, you, know, you want to look at defensive ends as, as maybe the most scarce and valuable position just because there are not that many guys who can really produce well at the defensive end position, and, and they usually can put up pretty good points, those top guys, and that's it. So it gives you an edge if you can get a good defensive end. Uh, Linebacker is the second guy, partially because they are high scorers. They make a lot of tackles. They're the main uh, you know, contributor on defense. They're the guys who are in the middle of the field making all the plays. So even if they try to, some scoring will try to downplay the linebackers, even then linebackers are usually the most effective players. And on top of that, they're also the most recognizable. So for some reason, they, in my opinion, they retain their trade value the best. Uh, you know, if you just stock up on linebackers, you can always trade linebackers um, you know, where other positions may not have the same value even if they're, they're scoring well. Um, Following that is safety, and, and safeties to me are really an overvalued position uh, for a couple different, different reasons. First off, I just talked about cornerbacks and how you can 
just soak up so much so much value out of getting scrap heap cornerbacks that that's part of the reason I think safeties are so overvalued because everybody wants safeties and guys just go goo goo over some of these top safeties and yeah they're productive but they're you know it is a more consistent maybe they have a better floor than the cornerbacks cornerbacks are more hit and miss but if you stock up on a lot of cornerbacks you kind of have uh, some leeway that one guy will hit and one guy will miss uh, and it'll give you the same kind of production as the safeties would the other thing about safeties is you really have to figure out what scheme they're in because sometimes the free safety is the guy who's in the box. Sometimes the strong safety is the guy in the box. And you really want that guy in the box because the guy who's playing the roamer, he's, he's kind of out of the action. He's the guy who's the last line of defense. He's not going to be making a lot of plays if the defense is doing what they should be doing. Where the other safeties up there, he's getting a lot of tackles. He's also you know, in line to get, you know, he's around the ball. So definitely need to learn that before you focus on safeties. But like I said, a lot of times they're overvalued. They're still good players. And, and like linebackers, they hold their value uh, in trades. I think a lot of people are always trying to get safeties, especially the strong safeties. So if you do have them, uh, they are somewhat valuable. After the safety, I, I value cornerbacks, um, even though, like I said, they're abundant. The thing about cornerbacks that's, that's also nice is that just, you know, when you look at defensive backs, you look at you got three cornerbacks and two safeties. That's five players on the defense usable to, to, to fill in for your defensive back's um, position on defense. So you really have just this abundance at that position, and, and there's so much to choose from that you really that, that's one of those positions when I talk about skimping. That's a perfect place to just skimp and wait and, and figure it out as you go. Though Somebody will pop up. There's always guys. Like I said, rookies are perfect because defenses love to attack rookies. But even a good rookie, good rookies will get starts, and then they get attacked, and that guy becomes an excellent dynasty value until he gets better the next year, and then you have to figure out another solution for the guy who's actually improving, uh, ironically as it is. Um, and then my final position is defensive tackle. That, that, I think, is the one position that's just very few guys, aside from maybe Aaron Donald and a couple other guys, who even produce at all. So that's another one. That, there's just a lot of guys out there, and it's hard to predict what they can do. So unless you get one of the top guys, don't worry about it. Just, just kind of fill in as you go. Okay, so a couple more things to look at. Um, one thing is, is if you're if you're looking at defensive backs, and depending on your league, a lot of times leagues give you points for returns, and there are it's rare, but there are a few guys who end up from defensive backfields um, that they, they end up doing returns as well, and they can be valuable. They can end up kind of being sneaky plays that if you know a guy is going to get returns and he's playing a starting position or even just a minor slot role or something, it, it does value him up a little bit. Okay, so one other thing I want to touch on is if you're really going to take this route, it, it is kind of important to do a little research because there are going to be players that hit and there are going to be a lot of players available to you, but you need to kind of stay on top of it. Um, I think there's some good ways to do that. Sometimes you can just Google things like uh, three-down linebacker for 2018, and, and, and lists will come up of guys who are going to be getting three downs, um, as opposed to two downs, because two down linebackers, you know, they're, they're going to be the first two downs, but they're not going to be playing on passing downs. So you want to find guys that are, that are a little more versatile linebacker. Um, there's there's different things you can do as far as just Googling depth charts and seeing all the guys who are starters. Um, I, I personally like to use the Football Guys um, website and, and use one of their, they have something where you can put in your statistics or your, your scoring settings and they will produce statistics for defensive players. I think David Dodds or some of these guys put out, and, and, and it's really, you know, it's, it's a pay-for thing, but, and I'm not trying to advertise for them, but I do find that there's a lot of things like this where 
just these little things will give you a baseline, give you something to work with um, so that you're not completely lost because you don't want to go in completely blind, not knowing, you know, not having a clue who you want. You want to get down to those later rounds where you've taken this chance, you know, by focusing on offense. You don't want to get stuck there where then you have no clue who, what prospects to go after. You need to at least have an idea of, okay, this guy, this guy, he's a starter, he's a starter, he could pop, he could hit and collect some of those guys. It's not necessary to collect all of them because I really do think that as the season starts, it's really, there's so many guys who will start coming out of the woodwork. And unless you have really deep rosters and guys are being able to stockpile all the defensive players, there are just going to be guys, trust me, there'll be guys you can find um, to fill in on your defensive, defensive side of the ball. And if for some reason you can't, um, because you focused on offense, just remember that some of these guys may have really focused on defense, and so they may have stacked defenses, but they're going to feel really kind of weak on the offensive side. They're going to look at their offensive team, and they're going to be pretty disappointed. So even after the fact, after your draft, you can find a way to, to rebuild that defense with studs as well, uh, just by parting with a little bit of your offensive talent. You just have to maybe wait a little bit till people realize and, that, and you know, the, get some distance from the draft and then people will kind of watch some football and realize, oh man, I really overspent on these defensive players when there's just so much cheap talent out there, and I really wish I would have gotten some, some really good offensive players as well. So anyway, I hope this helps. I think I'll just close the podcast by saying uh, don't be afraid, um, you know, like I said, of IDP. In fact, it's just really a, a great way to enjoy the, the overall experience of football and gain an edge against your opponents. So. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great day.